say I have more money, but boy, don't I have time. But neither ever, ever will be an excuse for me. And so, because both of them are firmly square in the excuse column, but there's one great reason why, which is you've just got to persevere, no matter what it is. It's just the way it is. It's hard being an entrepreneur. It's hard building a business. Everybody thinks it's so easy. Welcome to Desire to Inspire podcast. I'm Jerome. I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur, and I'm here to bring him alive, bring him a world, drop a lot of jewels and a lot of gems. If you take 20% of what I say and apply it, you definitely make some change in your life. So I'm back with another episode and, you know, like I'm enjoying the growth, I'm enjoying the process and loving what I'm doing at the same time, man. Like the key thing really is about enjoyment, right? Anything you're doing, anything you're working towards, you always got to be a little kid, right? And like for me, it's like fun, right? Having fun, enjoying what you're doing. And um, yeah, man, just just keep keep moving and keep growing, man. And, you know, there's a big reason why I put, I think Gary's like, you know, a big fan of mine, right? And you have a love him or hate him. I genuinely believe that. Some people think he's too extreme and he's like too honest, but we've never seen this nothing in history. I've been following like motivational speakers and business people for years and they had the same model, dress up in a suit, great at sales and pitching, hide information, sell a course at the end. But the reality is the information, you won't apply it because the mindset is not really there because people aren't brutally honest and that's really what it is. It's like that brutal honesty of like, you know, building a business is hard work. That's why most people don't, you know, the idea is the easy bit. <laughs> you know, I think the execution is the hard bit. And, you know, I, I had a little epiphany the other day. I thought, like, just treat your life as a business, man. Treat, like, your house, how you run your house, like, and you. Like, you're the first business. You know, when Jay-Z said he's not a businessman, he's a businessman, he meant that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the business of Sean Carter, like, is a whole business in itself. So, you got to treat yourself like that and kind of, like, understand the principles for your life and that's how i look at it anyway like in terms of being disciplined persevering and you know you got to persevere in life so if you can persevere in life and easy if you know how to really take knocks in life then when you do business um it'll be really easy man like do you know what i mean so yeah it's, it's, it's tough it's hard it's long and it's full of it's full of disappointments and rejections and you know can you take that can you take that that's what you really got to ask yourself i know you're willing to go through it really because every time you push through it gets you close to where you're meant to be so obviously i'm a youth mentor entrepreneur um and i'm basically in the process of um you know building my legacy and my legacy for me involves three things which is leadership entrepreneurship and mentorship and i feel like out of the three i use entrepreneurship as a vehicle to fund things myself and to you know be self-sufficient financially the leadership is about the inspiration it's about inspiring motivating influencing positively um everyone around me right that's why i love social media um so you know my online brand is big as well like i really want to like this podcast is part of it but like you know really you know go back to the drawing board with that you know and really you know start putting stuff out on social media youtube you know and yeah man like I, I watch a lot of interviews i think i'm like a serial interview watcher because i like to see how people answer questions how people think and people do many interviews like one person might do many interviews but who's interviewing them brings out different things in them so i'm thinking about like podcast isn't really an interview right and that's what makes it great because it's between people it's just conversation it's recorded conversation 
that's what a podcast is. Um, and obviously, yes, it's like seen as a show, but if you really look at it, it's just people talking. And, you know, for me, I'm a conversationalist, so I like to talk and I like to understand people. And that's kind of why, that's the main reason why I'm writing my book, really, because I feel like that's one of the things that I want to understand. But, you know, at the moment, the biggest thing that gives you the most joy is the mentorship. It's giving back to the next generation, inspiring the youth. And I feel like that's a good obsession to have because we we have all sorts of obsessions in life. And that's one thing that I like and I enjoy. And even now, today, you know, everyone knows if you've been listening to this, I left the school that I've been working at for the last 11 months in my local area. But I still see the children around and that just gives me a bit of like joy. Like, And I remember leaving at my last school in Hillenden and one teacher was like, oh my God, you're going to be working in the area you live. You're going to see them around be ready for it and I'm thinking now I like it because it makes me on point it's not like I'm doing nothing on road that's crazy but it makes me on point and it just gives me that visible presence that I had in the school in the area they live you know it's like that positive role model everywhere they are and that's one of the things that I try to do is be the positive influence in the community in the school and obviously I ain't got kids yet but in the home do you know what I mean so yeah man like I'm looking at it and I'm thinking okay like where do I want to grow where do I want to go and this whole journey started for me three years ago. And at the moment, um, I'm developing some sports and mentoring programs for 12 to 15-year-olds in term time. Um, and obviously, the dates will be out further further down the line. And, you know, it'll be working in the evenings when school's finished and on the weekends when kids w- um, need something to do. Um, and obviously, I'll be using spaces in and around my local area. So that's really what it is, my sport. I've been playing, what saved my life, and that's a real line, is basketball. So basketball coaching, I've got my level one. Um, and I watched recently the Basketball or Nothing movie. Definitely go and watch that on Netflix. And it's set in like Mexico or Spain. I need to get the area right. But basically it's like trying to help deprive kids through sports. And I feel like because schools is a government thing, it's funded heavy. Music and sports is the two things that without money, you could visually see like it's effective and art as well a little bit it's heavily survived on money so for instance if a school has low funding they will have less balls or you know not good equipment or you know really bad uniform for instance right and in arts there's always at the bottom like you know in school right it's always about english maths and science then you've got history and geography in the middle and then at the bottom always at the bottom is that sports music dance and creativity is the world. I'm speaking as a creative and like, you know, drama is something that's in schools and I like that. But, you know, we need to have more creative outlets for these kids at a younger age. And obviously the art institutions like the Brick School and Sylvia Young and all of this stuff. But, you know, so I think it's, it's a combination of being genuinely, genuinely talented. And yeah, man, just really just going for what you love and going for what you enjoy. Because that's really how you get the good results. So anyway, that that really set in stone what I'm trying to achieve, gave me some inspiration. Um, and obviously there's another movie uh, called Hoop Dreams, which I haven't finished yet, so I won't quote it, but it's another documentary um, talking about how sports have saved, and it does really, you know, it saves people if they take it seriously and focus on it. So, and that's where people learn how to play school. Where else do they learn? Where else is everything's there? And they learn how to play on a school team. That's their first team. And, um, yeah, because the school have to provide them extracurricular activities. Um, and I thought every kid should do that. 
Um, and it's really like this is my own study. A lot of the kids that come from difficult backgrounds do these activities the most. Um, really good. But anyway, our three sports is basketball, obviously, boxing, and football. And we are vetting for some mentors. Um, and obviously, yeah, I want to pioneer the next generation of change. And I want the faces and places and the people to be different than before. So for me, you know, when I go through the vetted process, I've been through it myself. So it's about learning, you know, from the experience I've had and knowing how to, you know, get a great team. So I'm willing for anyone that's number one, passionate about working with the youth because youth can see it, right? Um, and, you know, willing to work, willing to learn, got the right behavior, attitude and mindset. That's really what it is, man. You don't really don't need much. I don't want no one to send me CVs. Like we're trying to change the model of recruitment and training. Um, we want, for me personally, you know, I've had experience where people haven't had nothing, and that's the best thing, right? You want someone that wants willing to learn, and you build them up, right? It's great to have someone with experience. It's easy, right? But it's harder to get someone who says, okay, you don't know this, this, and that. Let's learn and grow together, and that's a great process for any team or any individual. Trust me, I know. So. You know, that's really what we're working with. Um, I don't want to go too much about what I'm doing, but my main, main, main purpose, you know, with running these programs is having my own premises. So basically, you know, I've, I've, I've done a little thing back in like 19, even 2021, um, where I got a petition, I got a crowdfunding, um, and I've gone to a state agent. So now it's about the building is still vacant and I look at everything as a sign. So I'm like, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. The whole purpose of this building, it's not just place for them to play ping pong, focus on youth development um, and obviously for the most vulnerable kids we may provide some sort of um, safe place to stay as well um, teaching them life skills so for me I don't really hide nothing because I feel like we're in a day and age of hiding I don't want to hide nothing if people take it it's great because at the end of the day most things you share people won't apply to their level and you know and it's good because it means your idea works right it means it's good enough so I like sharing and it's about inspiring and, ins- and influencing people. So I don't really care um, if people take it and want to use it because I want that. But anyway, the f- the bed of what I do anyway is looking at the Department of Education, um, looking at the behavior documents and really just focusing on, like I said, the behavior, attitude and mindset. And now today, mental health, mental health in education, the pressure you get from parents, the pressure you get from adults. The pressure we give these young people that are going every day through puberty, especially the 12 to 15, and really understanding that breathing space and there are counselling and there are, you know, services in schools that do provide that. But it's very, mental health right now for kids is, is high. So, yeah, right now, you know, I feel like we need to really adopt and practice the takes a village to raise a child concept. So, what I know as an individual, but what we know together is massive. So, I'm dropping it now, um, and I'm meeting a guy every two weeks about this creation of this documentary on creating um, called Behavior, Attitude, Mindset. And it's basically about my whole three years of working in schools and my observation and what I've took from it and what I'm working on right now for the future. And it's going to be amazing. I feel like it's going to be one of the amazing things, and I feel like I'm a creative, and I've got so many months of like how am I going to stand up my obsession every day I'll be real with you how am I going to stand up in front of all of these organizations how can they be different there's so many ways how you fund your organization how you market your organization how your organization operates 
So I want to work on these at least these three things and work on how desire to inspire CIC can be great. And one of the things is creating content. That's why we've got the podcast. I want kids to come on here and talk about what they want to do for the next five years from their perspective. Parents come on here and talk about, you know, their child and, you know, come on in here together, you know. So these are the things that I want to open up uh, dialogue and conversation with. So if anyone hears this and knows someone that wants to sit down and have a conversation to help people, right, because there's no harm in sharing. Um, and if you share your story, somebody watching might go for the same thing and create change. So it's all about being vulnerable with power, right? Because if you're open, people, you can relate to people more. So that's it. No worry about judgment, right? Only God, really, you can only judge yourself. Don't worry about what people think. People always going to have opinions. But you need to just wipe it off and just not really care, to be honest. So anyway, do what you love so you don't feel like work. Um, some things you're just born with you don't have to try and that's why it's important to focus on personal development being self-aware um, knowing yourself who knows yourself more than you um, and just always continuously growing I don't think if you meet anyone that says look in 10 years where do you want to be and they said you know what I want to be right where I am right now no they don't everybody wants to move forward but that forward in that is change you need to change it's uncomfortable but you need to just like do it like it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the doing it and you know and thinking the right things you know trying to have a positive mental attitude trying to invest to persevere through every single thing that's going to happen not, not nothing's an excuse to stop no matter how big you think it is and you need to understand that everything's not happened to you um it's happening because of you so if you were to reflect and say look i'm the common denominator i have responsibility to go left or right that's your power, right? That's what you have, right? Your decisions, isn't it? So if you make the right decision, you can really push forward. Um, and I think I spoke about this on another episode in the podcast, but I'm going to um, repeat it today um, because I think I'm going to go more in depth about what it is. So let me get the image up because it will take me a while. Yep, got it here. So anyway, I think in the last episode, I spoke about the work rate and work ethic and stuff. Um, again, achieving work-life balance is more or less impossible. Um, having a balance isn't. So having the recreation time uh, to think, and it is good because you need that time to come out of it, of what you're doing, to reflect, learn. Um, anyway, like the advice that I would give is, is really that there isn't, there isn't one. There's no balance. You've got to have a balance. There's no, you know what I mean? Because you're working towards a goal, you're definitely going to be working more. Um, than you do not work um, so there's a book that I'm going to drop um, called The Seven Laws of Wealth by Ben Benson amazing and it basically goes into little stuff I kind of mentioned in a way man like you know finding your purpose and you know working strategically you know these things are the top of my head and like you know it's not that difficult right it's just doing it and get going and the consistency of everything so work ethic is next to achieving goals I don't, I don't know anybody that's successful now and like back in the day of their career that's still not working um, to achieve results. So, you know, if, if, if you want a balanced life, like I said, this is from the book, by the way, I'm just going to raise some notes. Um, wealth is not possible if you want a balanced life. You're not going to be able to party as much as you work. You know, how can you, you know what I mean? So, I reward myself for going out. That's how I use it. 
Like I don't go out all the time like that because it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, if you have total focus and dedication, 18 hours a day, seven days a week, live and breathe business almost all the time, building equity becomes an obsession. It needs to become an obsession. You can only concentrate on one or two things at a time. Those one or two things must include making money. That's from the book. Um, their implementations, these are the effects basically. You won't see friends. You'll miss some important events. You won't go on holiday as much. If you have kids, you won't see them. You'll miss birthday parties. Forget about a, a romantic relationship. Unless you both have to be committed to building wealth. Otherwise, it's going to be an imbalance in a relationship. You might not even see them as much as you like. You might not even see your partner. So the, that's the truth. And some people want all of these things. They're not willing to give up stuff. So I genuinely believe you need to sacrifice, you know, a little bit to live like most people won't. So you can live forever like most people can't. And that's kind of what I feel, man. Like, that's really what it is, man. So I don't think, I'll be honest with you, there's any other way. People might try a way. But I don't think that's a way. Uh, we're in a new day and age of employment. Again, we should go into everything that I'm building is trying to make it as current as possible because the world is changing rapidly. So if you really f think about the 1970s to the 1990s, massive change, right? If you look at the 1990s, so basically 99 to 2019, a lot has changed rapidly. So if you look, that's 10 years, right? So if you look at 2022 to 2032, I think it's going to be massive changes. Like, massive. Only 10 years. It's not even that long. So, yeah, man. Like, you got to move with the times. That's one thing, man. Like, you got to move with the times. And the way we work has changed forever. And what I mean by that is um, we have a lot of subcontracted gig economy workers because of the flexibility because of the, the taxes because there's so many things and the economy has changed and people have found ways to make money so when the past was about under nine to five in the future you can work anywhere the past it was about working in a corporate office the future it's about working anywhere the past was about using company equipment the future is using your phone the past is about focus on inputs the future is focused on outputs the past is climb the corporate ladder the future is create your own ladder the past is predefined work. The future is customized work. The past is hoarders information. The future shares information, which is why I love my podcast. The past, no voice. The future can become a leader. The past relies on email. The future relies on collaboration technologies. The past is focuses on knowledge. The future focuses on adaptive learning the past focuses on corporate learning teachings the future focuses on democratic my spelling is really bad democratize learning and teaching so you know i look at this all the time and i feel like where's the future really going we're trying to you know why run this school thing so hard it's because school is the only thing that hasn't changed Education was creating the industrial revolution to create workers, and we're still in that day and age. We're still sending too much young people to uni. We're still telling people that having a job is everything. And, you know, yes, not everyone's business people, 
but be part of a business. You can be part of the economy. You could fund a business and get money as a profit. You could just do one operation. You don't have to start a business. Let's just say that now. Find someone that's business-minded, that likes business, that's into business. Partner with them. Do one thing for them. And that's already being part of a business model, right? Um, so that's the evolution, man. Like for me, like I said, I looked at Uber. I looked at the growth of Uber since 2015 till now. I've looked at Uber, the growth. Because remember, in 2010, 11, there was no Uber. There was no Deliveroo. These things just come. So now, again, they're adapting with the times. Uber just came and then they added Uber Eats. Do you know what I mean? They added things and now that's what we're doing. So this is the day and age we're in. Um, and, you know, people are using systems now because that's the future, right? And even if you go into McDonald's now, you know, you can now order your own food without a person. When you go into Tesco, you can go and do your shopping without a person. And the only thing I would say, the downside I would say, is that, you know, when you go into a shop and the self-checkout thing stops, you still need a human, right, to actually come there and fix it. Because the machine breaks down, it needs a human to fix it. So, yes, we are in that, we're in that, right, where humans and robots might not rule the world, but, you know, definitely they're going to be part of how we work and workers, majority of how we create money in this economy. So, one thing I'm going to leave you with is something that I saw on Twitter from Matthew Knowles. Don't know who Matthew Knowles is. He's Beyonce's dad. He's managed Beyonce for basically majority of her career. And he has this thing on persistence. Um, so, basically, he says, one thing I taught Beyonce and Solange was the practice of failure. We would practice how we respond if the microphone got cut off, if their shoes broke on stage, if the wrong song got played um, in the list of their performance set, anything can happen. And they were always prepared to have a response. I would like you to consider the same lesson, whether you're a performer, an artist, or an entrepreneur, or a professional, practice how you'll respond in the event of failure. It's a skill that you can learn and should be developed. Massive. When I saw that, I was like, there's a reason why Beyonce is a G. It ain't because you just talented. Beyonce was a trained star. <laughs> like, trains to, like, think a certain way. Trained to be a certain way. Weren't just about, well, you're going to get by because you're pretty. You're going to get by because you're a great singer. No, these things, like, problems are going to happen to everybody in life. You know, Destiny's Child at the height, let's just say the height of their success. They lost their members, two of their members. They had to keep going on. They could have just gave up and there would be no Destiny's Child. There might be no Beyonce. So they had to go through that hurdle. And that was a big blow for them. At the height of their career, they had to just keep it moving. So, because they had a brand as well at the time. They couldn't just give up. They had fans and all this stuff. So, the fact that they keep going was strong. Um, and, yeah, man, I really I really respect Beyonce's work ethic. Because Beyonce doesn't need to keep going. She just dropped an album this year. My first ever concert in life was Beyonce. And I was 15. Beyonce just come out as a new artist. And Beyonce wasn't the artist she was brand new like she just come out yeah she come out of Destiny's Child but she had to build up her own fan base build up and now Beyonce's got like a cult following <laughs> you understand so Beyonce is a done I respect her work ethic and her drive more than her talent and that is the reason why she's successful um, but yeah basically I'm gonna just drop this last thing before I leave Invest Fest Europe they're gonna come in October um, I believe it's the 31st of October in Royal Albert Hall and again you know it's about financial literacy building wealth building generational wealth and that's what i'm about it's starting this generation because you you know the next generation whether we like it or not we affect them so it's about really doing it consciously rather than subconsciously 
and understanding what we're doing around them so yeah man the kids are like 20% of the population but they're 100% the future inspire the youth influence the youth and we can change the world this is Jerome from Desire to Inspire podcast and I'm out